One. Hi. I beat you to it. Hi. One, <laughs> two. <laughs> Zach's a redhead. Yeah. Three, four. Better lock that door because Zach's going to get you. Five. I have six. a lock pick. Bring a really big stick because Zach, you'll, you'll need more than that, but at least bring a, a big stick. Seven, eight. He is coming to your gate and he's scary looking. I am he's, normally yeah. without a mask. <laughs> I'll so, be no. I could be it. You could be you or could Pennywise. Be, you Pennywise from it. Yes. You could be it. You could be Hiya, Georgie. <laughs> Hiya, Georgie. I can't do it. You know, I, Caleb can do it really. That's well. one uh, horror movie that like, like I see it. Like people talk about it, and I see the book, and like it was like a big thing when it came out. But I've never like been like, oh, I really need to watch it. You haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. You should watch it. I know it's on Netflix right now. I should watch it. It's so long though. After yeah, I know that's the thing. That's what I like about horror movies is the fact that you don't have to invest that much time. I watched this movie on the ride here, Ben. While he was driving. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I watch movies while I drive. Don't sue me, please. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have to put that disclaimer that's like, uh, dangerous activity done by the participants of this video. Do not participate. These are trained professionals. I am a trained professional and SEAL. Yeah. We, I'm Zach. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the movie vault. Yeah. This is like, that was like our cold open. Yes. I, I feel like I made that joke before, probably. In well, another episode. Well, what if we did like an opening where it's like, this is our cold open. And then it cut to the theme song. Like, no, we high. should do that. We should do, um, cold yeah, I've been listening to more like other podcasts and I was like, we really need to redo our theme song. And then I was, we should have a cold open. And it's like, I'm Ben and I'm Zach. And this is the movie fall. Bum, bum. Or we, could, we could do something like this. I'm Ben and I'm Zach and we're going to take down the government. And then, <laughs> and then we have a bunch of random clips from videos that are just like the most like obscure references ever. It's like, like zooms in in Britta's eye and then it comes out of like SpongeBob's mouth and then zooms in to Patrick. I think maybe that's our, our angle that we need to, we need to be a little bit more wacky, like go away from the, I mean, the thing is like, we're both incredibly normal people so it would hard, we'd have to play a character uh, in order to do that i don't know ben's wearing a pretty flowerful shirt that's, that's not pretty normal i'm colorful i'm a colorful personality although he's wearing some nice necky shoes yeah these are i just copped these he copped them copped them using the the new slang look at ben using the teenager slang yeah just keeping up with the time still relevant we're still relevant we're still relevant now every day i feel like is it bad that like as a 20 year old you sort of feel like you're you're like not tr trendy anymore like is that always how it feels so yes there's a line in this movie where she goes ah oh, i look like i'm 20 and i said hey like <laughs> like you're calling that old you're like what is the life expectancy going down in the u.s yeah well after this movie maybe i don't know yeah i i mean i i feel old my back's starting to hurt that's true my knees are getting wobbly yeah but i i just attribute that to the fact that i run so i'm like well of course Maybe well, I should attribute that to the fact that I don't. I, that's the issue. The real issue is that if you exercise, you're sore all the time. And if you don't exercise, you're sore all the time because you didn't exercise. Then what do you do? I don't know. I think it's like we're in this paradigm where we can't... Either option is bad. Huh. I guess we're just going to age either way. So what should we do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> age gracefully or just age really like disgustingly. Some people do that. 
Yeah. Like some people look terrible after like a few years. Like some of my friends that I graduated with haven't have seen better days. Let's just say that. Oh man, I <laughs> going after today because he knows they all listen to the podcast. I'll tell you after Ben. <laughs> anyway, we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, the 1984 Wes Craven directed horror classic slasher uh, slasher specifically. Um, and this was made at the tail end, I believe, of an era of when this genre got really popular. I like semi looked it up and it really became popular after John Carpenter released a little movie called Halloween. Yeah, which I have not watched. What? I've only seen the one that we reviewed the last time. The only other slasher movie. When we accidentally we watched the new one. Yeah, we were supposed to watch the old one. And then we watched the old Friday the 13th, right? And then it came on, and it was the new Halloween. The tickets didn't say what year the movie was, okay? We went to a drive-in theater, and it was the new one, and we meant to see it. And I will say that it was one of the best settings I've ever watched a movie in, because we we, thought we were going to die. Because we're in the south side of Columbus on South High Street. It's Especially for where we come from, that's a lot sketchier than than the outer suburbs. Ben and I were raised in... In the Upper Alps of California. The Upper Alps. Yeah, yeah. That's where the movie vault is, actually. Yeah, you will never be able to find it, so don't try. Yeah. Um, could be in Iowa. You, don't know, you <laughs> never know. Iowa. We could be in, in a Minnesota. We no, could in, just, we could, it's only <laughs> Iowa or California. Only Iowa or California. <laughs> but we were still in the driving in Columbus, regardless. Columbus, Georgia? Columbus, I mean, I don't know. Um, and, and that was a great setting because it was like rainy and dark and sketchy, and it was just perfect. And it made everything more scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think that we, we like there was a possibility that we could die that that's night. That's something, yeah, because the whole place reeked of weed and like, not that weed means death, but you're no, right, it right. did. But like it indicates I mean, based on slasher movies, I feel like it does. Like not that I've necessarily seen one where somebody smoked weed and then died, but like the basic idea of slasher movies is like you do something you're not supposed to, and the boogeyman gets you. That's kind of the you have idea. sex, or if you. Deal drugs, or if you back talk to your parents, or you get into an argument with your friends. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Wait, what did these? Oh, these characters had sex. Yeah, well, that's what it was. Yeah, so in the first, basically, this movie is so easy to explain. I think, right? It's pretty easy to explain. Yeah. So the basic plot is that we got there's four characters, four. They're a little little gang, two boys, two girls. Ooh, perfect. So they both naturally end up dating amongst themselves and we have johnny depp as glenn his his first role says, are you serious this is his debut it says introducing johnny depp are you serious yeah which character is he he's the he's uh the main character's boyfriend oh he's Heather. the guy that's in the entire movie yeah he's in the entire movie oh wow so so nancy is the main character played by heather langenkamp that's her her boyfriend and then there's uh Rod Lane and um, is it? Yeah, Tina Gray. So those are the four. Tina's like the more spunky of the two girls. Nancy was more like straight laced, I believe. Yeah. And anytime that Glenn would be like, oh, we should like kiss now, she'd be like, nope, nope. Which is why she didn't. All business. Yeah. All business. And, uh, and so pretty early on, we're basically greeted by a nightmare in the opening scene and we see Freddy Krueger who is referenced in Young Lean's song Drop It Slash Scooter released in 2018 uh-huh. Drop It On Like A Scooter <laughs> Eyes Like Freddy Krueger something like that 
Anyway. Um, he's a pretty goofy guy, though. He's real goofy. Yeah. Like when he splits his oh. nipple open. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why did he just split his own nipple open? And he like cuts his finger off and it like squirts like, he's like not even blood. He's, just like, he's like, Nancy, look. And he like cuts himself. I'm like, why don't you cut Nancy? Why is that supposed to scare He's all like disfigured and he's gross looking. And so they, she wakes up from this nightmare and I believe she has a, a cut in her actual blouse, which mm-hmm. is like a little strange, mm-hmm. you know? So she mentioned something about this and then... Uh, I think a couple of them are all like, oh, yeah, I had nightmares. We all had nightmares, basically. So they, what they do is they all get together and spend the night all together because obviously that will protect them from having nightmares. Um, but unfortunately for Tina and Rod, they have sex. So that means that... <laughs> they must die. They must die. Um, which is a, another basic premise of slasher movies is that if you're a teenager and you have sex, then you're going to die. Um, which is like definitely a little bit drastic. I, I mean, I would not encourage teenage uh, STDs. Yes, ST- <laughs> I feel like a health teacher now, though. Like, everyone knows the drill. It's not a good idea. Um, and, and uh, but in these movies, the consequences are far more. Uh, so the girl, she just gets. She goes into a nightmare and she can't wake up and she gets all slashed up. Basically, it's pretty. I mean, that scene's pretty like intense. Like you see her like body get like cut open. You can't see who's doing it. She gets like thrown on the ceiling and all this stuff. And naturally, since Rod is in the room, um, he's suspect numero uno. So mm. he he gets thrown in jail. And then we're introduced to Don Thompson, who's the lieutenant. Uh, and he's pretty upset because Nancy happens to be his daughter, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you guess that? And he's upset that she was there. And um, and there's not. Little, I heard somebody else point this out that I was listening to about this movie, and they were like, the parents like have no compassion for her at all. Like, they're she has not very good parents. They're not given the like good. And I guess I didn't realize this, but I think they were separated because I don't think the dad lived at home. Oh, Which I never noticed that. Really, like, I thought right. he was always working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. And you don't really, yeah, it's kind of subtle, but it does seem like they're not together. I thought he was just like a workaholic <laughs> cop. I mean, that's possible that, that they didn't directly say that. Um, and and so she basically goes on a mission to because everyone thinks it's Rod, even though it does seem a little far fetched that he would do something to this level there was no science he didn't really seem like the type of person who would do this um and there's several close calls that nancy has including um uh she's deliberately burns herself in school when she falls asleep and has a dream she falls asleep in the bathtub and almost gets drowned um and so she kind of realizes like oh i gotta do something about this um but her mom explains to her like oh fred krueger He's dead. Um, we killed him. So her parents, like, there was this, like, child murderer named Fred Krueger. And, and I guess the police got him, but he got away. And so they, like, did this whole vigilante thing where they, like, burnt him alive in an old industrial building. So I guess, in a sense, her mom's a murderer. And she's pretty proud of it. <laughs> I mean, if you really did all those things, it is horrible. But they still didn't go by the... Even if the justice, this, they still became the judge and juror and everything. An executioner. An executioner. Hmm. So, I mean, even 
it's not a good precedent. Um, and plus, they just made the problem worse because now he can go in nightmares. Although I don't know how they could have foreseen that. So it's like his ghost. Yeah, I don't know. See, or was he already gonna, a dream we're guy? Have to get into that because how how this movie actually works mechanical wise is a little confusing. What's the lore, Ben? What's the lore? <laughs> What's the lore. <laughs> um, so after barricading her the house, she can't get out. So now her parents like trapped her in the house. Her boyfriend falls. Asleep. Her parents do suck. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. They literally get doors. And they're like they think she's crazy. They get bars. They don't trust her at all. There's not. There's no open communication. Wouldn't you tell your daughter who's having dreams about the guy that you killed, that you killed him? I don't know. And then she's an alcoholic. Her mom. So she's just like super drunk by the time that night rolls around. I don't so know. So Glenn's supposed to stay awake and help her with this plan to like bring Fred out of the dream because she realizes she can bring stuff out of the dream, but. He falls asleep and he gets he gets pulled down into his bed and then a bunch of a geyser, a geyser of blood shoots up out of his bed and that's how he dies. It's like it's, it was cool. The gravity was like going towards the ceiling. Yeah, it was weird. It was a, definitely an interesting kill. And uh, so now that you're like, okay, something really weird is going on because there's like, but her dad still doesn't listen to her <laughs> because even after seeing this, there's no. This killing doesn't make any sense. Uh, I forgot to mention that Rod died, but he he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he got hung. So it kind of looked like he hung himself. So that's probably what they assumed. Whereas this one, it was like, there was no way to explain it. So she, Nancy tries to call her dad and be like, hey, you got to come over when I bring him out of the dream. Well, he does it. He's like, he tells some other, pawns it off on some other guy. He does bring Freddy Krueger out of the dream. And she has all this booby traps and stuff set up and she brings him down to the basement and sets him on fire and then when her dad finally does come she's there and then he's not but then they see that he has walked upstairs and gone into her room and uh and then i think he attacks the mom and yeah he's like on fire and on top of her yeah and then they like go weirdly go into the bed and just like disappear and then and then there's no like sadness or anything. It's kind of weird how they react. It's- well, even when her boyfriend died, she was like, "Dad, you know he's dead, right?" Yeah, yeah. Like the the lack of like sadness in this movie is kind of hey, strange. It shaved off a lot of time. A lot- <laughs> it did. It did. I'm okay with it. It was an hour and a half, and perfect then, length. So she's like, "I need some time alone." On and then so her dad walks out of the room. Freddy Krueger comes out of the bed, and then she's just like, "I don't believe in you anymore." And and he tries to kill her, and he just he all the power is gone. It's like now it's from some dream theory that she read in the middle of the movie. Was it Sigmund Freud? I don't think it was Sigmund Freud. I missed that part. It was someone else. It was. uh, I think that might have even been something that Glenn mentioned to her. Okay. And and so then we wake up in this morning, and her mom's alive. Yes. Right. She walks out the door to go to school or something, and then all her friends are alive in a car that has Freddy's colors on them. Yeah, and they go in the car, and then all the windows roll up, and all the and, and they can't get out, and then all of a sudden, Freddy jumps out and slashes at the mom, correct, or something like that. No, pulls her through the door. Pulls her through the door, and that's the ending. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, so the ending, I think I heard there was like some debate over how they should end the movie between Wes Craven and the studio, and they elected to go with something a little bit more ambiguous to end, and I think that was so they could set up sequels. And Wes Craven was like, I don't want sequels, which he wasn't involved in any of the sequels. So, so the studio added her waking up from the dream? Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't necessarily... I mean, I think Wes Craven went with it, but I don't think that was his original idea. 
Okay. So that's the that's the gist of it. Um, and it's definitely a uh, an interesting concept because it takes the traditional slasher movie and then it adds this element of like when you're asleep, he can get you. He can only get you when you're asleep. Yeah. And and that adds another <laughs> level of like of what you can do with the movie just because dreams can go di- way different places than what reality could. And plus at the end of the movie, you're probably thinking, was this whole thing a dream? Like, how did, how did this work? And probably if you think about it too much, you kind of lose the fun of the movie because like, it's just supposed to be kind of like a, a little, it's a little bit more of like a, it's pretty goofy. It's a goofy slasher kind of campy movie. Yeah. yeah. It's not as campy as I thought Halloween was. I thought this movie besides Freddy was like pretty serious. Like the main character wasn't dumb. Yeah, no, she was. No, that was actually I thought was the more engaging part. Yeah. It's like instead of it being like, uh, it seems like the final girl in a lot of uh, these slasher movies is like the innocent, like sweet, pretty girl who who just ends up falling into doing the right thing somehow. Whereas Heather Langenkamp as Nancy is just like she's very like takes it by takes the bull by the horns. Who, who does that remind you of? Takes the Freddy of by the. Who does it remind me of? Nancy from Stranger Things. Oh yeah, that's the. I think that's what they name base the character off of. Really? Uh huh. That's. I mean that. Yeah, you definitely get a lot of that. But that also goes into how influential this movie has been. I mean, we haven't even described it, but like this movie is so in so many things. I there's an episode of Rick and Morty that makes so much more sense now. I'll oh, tell you. Oh yeah, Scary Terry. Scary <laughs> Terry. Oh my god. Where she's I like in the, jump roping in the cellar. I'm just watching Rick and Morty. Like I haven't seen this. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're right. That, yeah. And then they go inside the dream. Inside. That was the Inception episode too. Yeah, you, I, I didn't even get that. Rip, yeah, it was like they were, yeah, going inside dreams because he was inside the dreams. And then eventually, there's like a bedrock. <laughs> he has a family. <laughs> scary, ter- scary Terry's family. That's that was dumb. <laughs> He's like, oh, you guys. <laughs> Dad, did you have a hard day killing today? <laughs> He's like, I'm so sorry to take out my frustration on you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. And he yeah. had yeah, he had the hat and everything. I knew it was Freddy Krueger. Like everybody knows Freddy Krueger. You don't right. have to watch he's, the movie. He's in pop culture, yeah. He's uh I mean he's one of the big three with uh, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees yeah. like, and Freddy Krueger. But you understand what that episode was about and not just Rick and Morty, like even Stranger Things itself, that scene where he's pushing through the wall. Remember yeah. that over the bed, like the Demogorgon in season one, pushing through oh, the wall yeah, at yeah, Joyce, yeah. you know, that's literally from this. Yeah. yeah. And then also like, I won't go into spoilers of season four, but there's some scenes where characters are floating because they're being like hypnotized from a dream. And lots of that happens in season four. So it's just like, it's taking a direct, lots of things are taking things directly from this movie, even though it was like an hour and a half short campy, the visual effects were pretty cool. I'd say. Yeah. I, I think, I mean the practical effects were, were yeah, great yeah. and that's really what I've realized. Uh, I've gone through a little bit of a, I think I watched like six horror movies in a row or so. And they were all like the seventies and eighties, more like this style of movie. And what's, what is you kind of like about them is like the fact that they're like, use so many innovative, like, Technologies like I watched The Evil Dead that Sam Raimi, Raimi did recently. Yeah, how was it? And it was really good, and it was in part because of how many practical effects they use. Like it starts out like normal, like campy horror. They go to the cabin in the wood, woods type thing, and then it turns into this just crazy over the top, 
sensational thing because of the effects that they use. And they didn't. They, it could have just been like any other movie like that. But instead it said this trend of like, we're going to figure out how much we can do. And that's really where horror movies succeed is when they take this small budget and they like turn it into something. That's very true. Um, like Paranormal Activity or like... Uh, What's the one that uh, Scott Derrickson did? Oh, Sinister. I like the first one of that. The first one, that one's pretty good. And I think the classic example would be like the Blair Witch Project, which I haven't seen, eh. which was okay. done on like a camcorder. People, Well, I think that was more... It took caught on because some people thought it was real at the time that like the way it was marketed well the, also like the the blair witch thing was like the first movie with like that shaky that camera yeah yeah and then now it's like they're doing creep with that which is just like one of the most disturbing i would say that's one of my favorite was that the one that we watched yeah that one was gross that like, one was so weird. that guy was such a pervert <laughs> i mean it was, he was engaging yeah no the movie is just so Disturbing, and it wouldn't have started, I guess, without Blair Witch. My, I think my favorite horror movie has been the first horror movie I watched, and it's still my favorite. It's called The Strangers. Okay. Uh, it's, I it's, think I've heard of it. Yeah, they made a second one, like, in 2017 or 18. The second one was terrible. The first one, it's just, like, a family of killers. So, it's, like, four... You never see their faces or anything. But it's just, like, a couple's a ca- in a cabin in the woods. An hour and a half movie. Short. Low budget. But the it's just actually... The way that it's shot and the way that it is, it actually makes you like a little bit fearful, and yeah. I don't get, I don't, I don't feel that adrenaline rush anymore, you know. Yeah, and you don't get it when you're watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. No, which you, is strange. Like it's supposed to be like scary, and it, like, do you think that, like, if you were a teenager in the 1980s, would mm. you, like, not been exposed to like some of the stuff that we are? Like, I feel like you have to push so many more things in order for it to be. Like now, if I think of a movie that's actually scary, I think of like Creep because I, if if more realistic when I watch Creep, I'm like this could actually happen to somebody. Yeah. It feels like it could actually happen to somebody. <clears throat> I think we're so desensitized to the outlandish, yeah, that things that don't seem real aren't as scary to us anymore. But unless you're someone who doesn't watch a lot of movies, unless you're or Amish, you're like, a, you're like I bet if I was like 11 or 12 and I hadn't watched, which I have somewhat, but even I think of the the, the Fortnite generation, they're yeah, not gonna no. they're not gonna be scared they're of anything. Think it's hilarious. <laughs> but then like they're not gonna know how to file taxes or anything. But then anyway, you're so but so I watched this interview of the Duffer Brothers who created Stranger Things, and they said back then they would try to watch as many movies as they could to scare themselves, and they'd become desensitized over time. But they said, what we think is scary now isn't what it was back then, because that's all that they had back then, you know? Right, yeah. So, but really, what scares people is the unknown, and I think that's what horror movies should go after. Yeah, well, because now they've made so many of these types of movies that it's not unknown anymore, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, now we're in the true crime thing. So people are like scaring themselves with stuff that actually happened, like <laughs> investigation discovery. <laughs> like in the eighties, there was actual serial killers who were actually killing people, and now we're mm-hmm. like w- making docu series about them, yeah, and stuff. So I have a friend that stays in the same floor that Ted Bundy stayed at in oh college. <laughs> That's her- horrifying. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool, but like, yeah, it's cool. He's a or terrible guy. Dahmer? No, no, you're right. I, I say Ted Ohio. Bundy. Ted, Ted Bundy, Bundy was from like out west. I, I was just watching a video on Ted Bundy. That's why I thought. I had yeah, it. you're no, right. Jeffrey you're right. Dahmer. They, they kind of. Which one was Bundy. worse? I I don't know. I think I think Bundy killed a bunch of people. They had similar. Yeah, Bundy. I heard. I mean, I haven't really gone into the wormhole on either of them. Ooh, the whole can of worms. Yeah, like I haven't done, done gotten into the like 
really the serial killer like i like serial killer movies like zodiac and stuff but uh-huh. like i haven't jumped only in when them. your favorite actors in them <laughs> yeah but and i but yeah i don't know i i maybe at some point i will do more research or watch the the movie no man late night youtube videos of serial killers it's the scariest thing well i liked mindhunter i hadn't i didn't finish the first yeah but that's not like a that's just but it like, still gets into the mind of it does killers. but it's based on like hearing somebody say the stuff that they say in that and it's oh, like yeah. you're right if you watch an interview and you you it almost made me want to interview somebody who i actually killed somebody ted bundy tapes and and like that was one of my goals my bucket list is to talk to somebody who openly admits to murdering someone and just be able to sit down and yeah. talk. Like, how could you? Like, just like do not it out of self defense, out of like aggression. Like, say, how could you do yeah. this? How could you do this? And the and a lot of times will have an answer. That's the weird thing. The interviewers are always pretty calm too. Yeah, I mean, they're like, "How could you do this?" They just have to say it like that. I don't know how they could. How do that. could you? Well, they know they got to compose themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't do the interview. Yeah, they wouldn't do. The, yeah, some of them are. I mean, if you're to believe Mindhunter, some of them have like kind of weird quirks. And then if I accidentally kill someone, then you can interview me on the movie vault. And we're gonna go big, okay? <laughs> okay, we can stage it. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. And it's like this. This happened on somebody. Another podcast I was listening to. That they were joking. They're like, "Oh, I got. I'm gonna burn down my apartment." And the other guy's like, "Oh, I hope your apartment doesn't burn down tomorrow because you're gonna be suspect number one." I was like, "Well." Zach, I hope somebody doesn't accidentally no. die tomorrow around you. Quick sidebar. One time my fr- I was in California and my friends called me and they said, hey, can we break into your house and steal Captain America, the first Avenger DVD? And I said, no. And then our house got broken into that night. So then the next morning, I, the cops or whatever, our neighbors called us and they were like, hey, your house is broken into. We're like, and I called my friends and I blamed it on them. And then it wasn't them. I, but this is what I said. I said, I said to my neighbor, go into my room, check my DVDs. And check and see if the Captain America, the first Avenger DVD is in there. And it was. So. <laughs> That's a funny story. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Of all the movies. Yes. Too. If, and that would be so funny if they actually did that. Yeah. Or maybe it wouldn't be funny. but it No, would, it would have been more funny. Been, it would have been more funny than just boring. <laughs> than a random person, a random going person in your just, house. Yeah. <laughs> Although I wish it was them. And then I told the cops it was them. And they got charged. And then they were just in jail. And then we could visit them. Yeah, how could you do this? Then we this? could interview them on the podcast. <laughs> the movie vault in prison. How could you do this? How could you steal my Captain America, the first Avenger DVD? It wasn't even Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a DVD. It was just a regular old DVD. It's like DVDs like VHS now. Yeah. It isn't. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it is. I have a bunch of DVDs that I was. I went to go to Goodwill and be like, oh, I'm going to go get all these movies for cheap. How can I stream this, all these. And then I haven't watched any of them. Like, I have, like, um, End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. And I have, still haven't seen it. Do you have a DVD player still? Yeah. We don't at our, at our house. We do because we have some t- old TV shows that my family still likes watching. So we just, I mean, we don't have a Blu ray player. I only have, I have a couple of Blu rays, but I can't watch them. So you're behind the times. I'm, I'm just too ahead of the times. the times. Yeah. And I don't like, you know, I have my own TV. So, like, I would invest in more stuff, but. I just use my computer. So you get a v- do you have a VHS tape? No, I don't. Okay, okay, player. I mean, I mean, I do have Stranger Things season one, which on. just looks like a VHS tape. Oh, you got that? Yeah, you gave me a copy. Oh, I did. Yeah, you, I think you gave Dayton and I one. Oh, you got oh yeah, I got like yeah. eight of them for free. Yeah, dude, that I I have one. I forgot. Yeah, I actually have sweet. a few. Yeah. Anyway, those are Blu-ray. So you do have some Blu-ray. Right. But you just can't play it. I can't play it, but I have the collectible. True. So. But you, That's, if you get a Blu-ray player, you can play DVD on them. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> ben and I are just talking now. 
<laughs> All right, I gotta go get a Blu-ray player. This is basically the uh, the whole idea of this section was actually to talk about what this movie means, but I don't know that there's it's really like that deep. Like, it's just, I mean, her parents suck, and um, they don't believe her, and she figures it out, and then we don't really know what happened at the end of the movie because it ends so ambiguously. I've got so. a good question. What what would you take away from this movie, Ben? If you had to, if you had to take away something besides be a good parent. What's the moral message that you're taking away from this movie? Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess don't have don't have sex. But then that's it, that's not like but that's also not it's not the message. Of the I feel movie. like that's not really. You're right because because think about it. It's not. It can't be because of that because Glenn and her didn't have sex and Glenn still died. So, yeah, but he fell asleep. So what is that? The whole idea of sleep. Like the apostles it's, fell it's asleep. It's about your fears. I'm such an idiot. This movie is about your fears. It's about yeah. confronting your fears. True. Right? And who's the only one willing? Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and what I was he thinking. Refuses to give her fear power. So yeah. I think it was just I don't I didn't I don't think fear specifically. I was just thinking like I guess facing your challenges head on. And yeah. Nancy was the only one who did that. Everyone else was kind of just like they didn't believe. They didn't even. Yeah, acknowledge their challenges. Like she was the only one with the truth the entire time. They were all having dreams, but Nancy was the only one bold enough to do something about it. It seemed like they would all they were trying to just ignore it. Like, like they didn't. Like Glenn didn't seem all that concerned about. He's like, I know you know you're crazy, right? But I still love you. What an idiot! (laughs) Dump dump him. (laughs) She seemed a lot more intelligent than him, to be fair. So, and he was yeah, and his his her dad was. or not her dad, his dad was just randomly like, I don't want my son hanging out with that that crazy girl across the street anymore. She's bad news. Usually it's the other way around. I'm not letting my daughter hang out with that crazy boy yeah, across that's the true. street. Yeah. But I've never seen it like this. Wow, reversing the roles. Wow. <laughs> way ahead of its time. Really uh, revolutionary. Yeah, so I think confronting your fears, confronting your challenges, that's that's uh the main idea of the movie she refuses to give her fear power at the end and that's what saves her from getting killed by freddy Mm. her her it's like her fear is is uh emboldening freddy and killing all her friends Mm -hmm. her fear she killed everybody really if you think because she imagined him because she imagined him and and they she showed up in everyone else's dreams so so this movie did bring a big question to me so this is a serious question so when you open a phone and you leave it open like that, or like the dad did, does that mean nobody can call you? Wait, when when did he do that? Remember when he says, like, the boy answers and says it's important, or the girl calls and says it's important to get the guy to wake up? Oh, yeah, I think it, because doesn't it leave the line busy? Oh, it does? I thought maybe it I've did. never used one of those. I've seen it in a museum. I've never used it before. It was in the Abraham Lincoln Museum. No, well, if you had... If you had a more advanced system of those phones, there would be multiple lines, so it wouldn't be a problem. But I'm guessing that one only had a landline. Well, because it's called the, yeah, no, like like uh, you have a several phones like in an office or something, and they you you get the same call from all the line on all the phones, so all the phones ring, and one person can pick it up, and then another call comes uh, in, and somebody else can pick up that call. So that's why in all those movies, someone else can be listening. Yeah, no, that's this system. This because uh, this is a party system where you pick up the phone and then anybody else in the house it's on the same phone line so oh, that would else be terrible can just pick it up and listen to it so that's when he leaves it off you can't call the phone because it's busy so. there's always someone else listening and in every and, movie and even back in that 
before this, before it was just confined to a single house, it used to be that there was multiple houses on the same. So it's like a party line. So, so then how could, would they know? You could hear your neighbor. You could pick up the phone and listen to what your neighbor was saying. Yeah, but how would, if all, do all of them ring in all the houses? I don't know about that. Because then it's like, well, is this neighbor Shelly's? because so, wouldn't they have the same number? Well, then it'd be like, is it neighbor Tom? Is that his call or is it yeah, our call, how honey? Did you ever know who, I don't know how that worked. I think my, I'll have to ask my mom because I think when she was really little, they still had a party line. Oh my goodness. Which is uh, so archaic. That sounds like caveman type of stuff. <laughs> You know, I mean, you gotta save money. They answered. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was rude. I'm sorry, everybody. I know I'm we just, just offended a, our older listeners. Well, I'm. I know I'm a rude, spoiled brat, Gen Z. So yeah. I hashtag admit that. Spoiled hashtag. Think I know it generation. all. Yeah. <laughs> Getting having cataract surgery one day. But I was a little concerned about the house in this movie because. Uh, Freddy Krueger got fire all over it. Really? Which would have done some damage. Ooh, fire and damage. So I think Freddy might have wanted to call Edmund Anglin Agency to get... Uh, the, because, you know, he's going to have to pay for it because he caused all the damage. So if he had Edmund Anglin, uh, they're known for saving people money, including... It doesn't matter whether you have knives for hands. Um, so Edward Scissorhands? Yeah, Edward Scissorhands. Really? Oh, good. Also Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Which is a weird connection. Oh, yeah. He grew oh, wait, that's weird. And he became... Freddy Krueger. <gasps> That's the sequel. It's the secret sequel. He was pulled down. You don't see him die. Yeah. He's pulled down, becomes Freddy 2. Freddy 2, yeah. I guess Freddy so. Edward. Sorry, continue the ad. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> if, if you want information on Hedman Angle Day, you just know how to save money, which you're crazy if you don't. Uh, you should call 614-486-7300. That's 614-486-7300. And make sure to tell them that Ben and Zach from the Movie Vault sent you. And our friend Phil. Yeah. Phil's been here the entire time we've had the right, movie. Right, remember ball. Phil? This is like another episode of Rick and Morty. That's one of my favorite episodes. Mr. Poopy Ball. <laughs> when Mr. Poopy Ball was in it. And, and he's just like, oh yeah, and that's Uncle Jim. He's been here the whole time. Now, I love that episode. I love that episode so much. Sleepy Gary. <laughs> but not Sleepy Gary. Pennsylvester. <laughs> Pennsylvester. So he's like they like killed everybody and they'd get down to like i forget was it mr it's just mr poopy ball when <laughs> beth kills him and he has to go to the hospital he was real yeah i forgot about that I, i'm wondering oh, what the listeners are thinking that yes there's a character in a show called mr poopy butthole okay that's an actual that's a character we're not just making stupid jokes and it's a funny episode of Rick and Morty. If you don't care about morals, go watch Rick and Morty. You'll love it, okay? If you're a nihilist, you'll love it. The, the conceptual... I mean, this move, Freddy Krueger walked, and these campy horror movies walk so that Rick and Morty can run. Because really, they borrow a lot of the gore and stuff and the elements mm-hmm. from like slasher movies, but they just are, are not serious at all. It's just yeah. like a complete cynical take on on like sci-fi and horror and everything so yeah i think that if anything if we're talking about like influence like you can even see this movie influencing rick and morty mm-hmm. or another movie that it influences actually is home alone because of the 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 traps that were set for freddy were like the traps that they set in home alone which one the you know like the giant hammer that swings down and hits oh him. yeah and just like, like the paint bucket like she just she gets she gets like a book that's like manual of setting up booby traps. Oh yeah, and she sets them up like she's a trained professional. 
Just yeah, like, uh, I just think they emphasize it way more in Home Alone. Well, That's yeah, why I wasn't, do, I wasn't thinking about it. I know. And then this is, again, I listened to, a, I think, some, I can't remember whether it was Cult Film Review or some podcast that was talking about it. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is just like Home Alone. And I was like, you know what? They're, they're right. It is just that like wasn't. Yeah, you're right. No, you're definitely right at that part. The hammer was like the paint bucket, which is like a Home Alone I think Alone there was classic. a couple other things. But then, I mean, obviously, it wasn't like the main <gasps> star attraction of the movie. Freddy Krueger's messed up face was like the Iron Guy's face. Oh yeah, like I mean maybe I don't know. <laughs> now we're just making connections that aren't. No, but right. Vecna that looks like Freddy Krueger. Maybe yeah. Oh, but you don't know who that is. Never mind. I mean, I've heard the name. I know it's from Stranger Things season four, but that's yeah. it. So I'm. I want to talk about Wes Craven. Is he the greatest horror director of all time? What else did he do? Um, well, he started with. So I'll just go through his filmography because why not? Because um, this is the section where I get to d- talk about things that I like, which are talking about specific directors. So uh, we'll get to his filmography. Okay. So you started with The Last House on the Left, which I will say you probably should not watch that movie. It's an what they call an exploitation movie, which probably means it's not good to watch. Does that mean it's like it just shows a bunch of gross images to get you unsettled? Yeah. Okay and like gross bad situations and and like it's it's exploiting so the characters in the movie it's almost like uh what's the last one we did eraser head that's somewhat exploitation movie. yeah but that one was that's just no, that's, unnecessarily gross yeah and it made me unsettled exploitation oh then i don't know exploitation's what that means. just out i don't know i feel like i don't really have to get into it uh even his second movie which i watched this past week called the hills have eyes maybe goes a little bit into the exploitation character territory but not quite as bad but the hills have eyes is like the it's like the suburban family gets trapped in the desert and there's this like inbred family on the hill i don't know that they're inbred but they're they're like monster looking but they're humans that are just like huge and ugly and brutes hey. and they just like attack that other family because they're like cannibals oh so they're so ugly it, on the inside kind of, too yeah Aww. and so that's the horror element and even that movie's like it's more like that drive-in theater they grimy like they try to get you like oh my gosh blood and gore and yeah that's the movie where you don't pay attention because your girlfriend's with you yeah i'm just joking (laughs) i mean maybe for some people in the 70s but then i mean texas chainsaw massacre would have been in that era that's his movie or no no he didn't oh dang it um so then he made uh deadly blessing swap thing which (laughs) i'm like i don't know whether those are good but then he did nightmare on elm street in 1984 Mm -hmm. and he did a couple other ones and then you'll recognize this one in 1996, he made a little movie called Scream. Mm. Oh. Yeah. And so he did the Scream movies. And he did a couple other ones that are like more. Ghostface. If you are uh, a horror fanatic, you'll have recognized like The People Under the Stairs and Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I think is another nightmare, another take on the nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and he did a second Hills, Hills Have Eyes. And then it seems like at the end of his career, I think he did pass away. He mostly did the Scream movies and kind of... Did he help it. with uh, Freddy vs. Jason movie? He probably was somewhat involved in okay. that, yeah. Um, I think a lot of the sequels he was not involved in for Nightmare on Elm Street, other than his Wes Craven's new Nightmare, which I think is a little bit more like Scream, and that's more of a like satirical or... Yeah, Scream was way more funny <coughs> than this. Yes. So, and, and so... Basically, that last house on the left, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream are probably his like most influential. Last house on the left probably being the one that's like might be influential for not as good reasons, but still, it's. 
I've heard from his background that he was more of, he was like an English teacher and he was like a literary nerd. So he knew a lot about story writing and stuff, but he got into filmmaking and horror. And after he made Last House on on the Left, he wanted to make like a drama. And it it was like taking a while and nothing was getting on the ground. So he Hmm. went back to the horror genre with The Hills Have Eyes. And then it kind of just from there, I think he basically made all horror movies. So he did. He wasn't somebody who just came in being like, I want to make all horror movies and that's all I want to make. But it's kind of just how it turned out for him. So John Carpenter did Halloween? Yeah. So I still think that's better. He, I think I think John Carpenter, It would there would be a pretty good argument that his body of work is better because he also did The Thing, mm-hmm. which is pretty well known. And then, I mean, you could even go to... I think personally, I've only seen one of his movies right now, but after I watch a few, David Cronenberg seems like somebody who would really attract what my type of person would like. I watched Rabid, which is one of his earlier yes. ones, but he did like a video, what it, video Rama or something, Videodrome, Videodrome, that's the one I'm thinking of, and The Fly, and then other stuff, and then he did more like dramas, and his son, Brandon Cronenberg, made a movie called Possessor which is one of my all-time favorite. I don't even know whether you consider it a horror movie. It, it does have like body horror elements because that's David Cronenberg's kind of known for body horror. But but it also goes into sci-fi and just like psychological thriller type different things. So Possessor's really good. But Cronenberg was actually, I know this, so he was known for his like visual monsters, visual effects of monsters, right? Yeah. So he, actually, that's the episode of Rick and Morty also where they Cronenberg the entire universe and move right. to the other one. So they make all, they like make everybody look gelatinous and then move to the next one on accident. And then they have to bury themselves because they kill switching the universes. But I just thought that was good too because, yeah, no, I learned Cronenberg from Rick and Morty and then looked at what he made. But... Right, so so I'm pretty new to like being more interested in horror movies. So I it was maybe more of a clickbait saying West Craven is the greatest, but he's definitely like up there in terms of people who were influential on where horror went from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s into where it's now. Which I would say now we live in a time where it's more like what they at least in the 2010s it was like elevated horror, like A24 movies were like the what people thought of as like. Now we t- can take horror movies and make them into like art films, basically. But That's some true. of those were, I didn't really like. Like I watched Midsummer and I was like, nah, pass. Didn't really like it. Too many like, naked guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I I don't I don't know where and now A twenty four has pushed. There's two movies I think X and Bodies Bodies Bodies, which I, I don't think it, <laughs> that was in your list though, right? Yeah, I think it was. But they, I mean, they look like they're going back to like the slasher movie genre. Yeah, just in a different. It's uh, just that's the with the group of teens or whatever young adults that they just get killed off. Yeah. Okay. Like basically back to where we were, just in a like twenty ad TikTok generation with Pete Davidson. You know. Oh yes, that's Pete Davidson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did want to see that. So so I think that's more the direction was maybe not the direction, but. People are now coming back around to the idea of slasher movies. When at first they were like, we're so much better than slasher movies. We're going to watch weird, psychological, people take LSD and do strange stuff in Midsummer. They went to a lot of witch, demon, witchcraft movies in the past 20 years. Yeah, in the past 20 Um, years. Like, there's a whole universe for that. Yeah, Conjuring and Sinisters even was like that. Uh, I think Insidious. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But like, oh, and Saw. How could we have forgotten? Well, Saw? I was about to bring up Saw. Actually, Saw is a little bit different. Saw is just for. It's like gore porn. Yeah, it is they call it tortured porn. Yeah, tortured porn. That's and it just gets that. like worse and worse. And with like Hostel, which I can't believe I sat through and watched that movie, but like that's like the epitome. It doesn't even show that much, but it's just like the idea. Like Hostel was so disturbing because a part of you thought that there might really be a place in Eastern Europe where they like try to lure you in and then rich people pay to torture you. Like it felt like it might be real. It was My goodness. messed up. But it's also like it goes back to that exploitation thing where it's like it is kind of like an exploitation film because they're just like taking people and it's like drawing you in because it's like the torture thing. Like, are you really any better than the people who are paying money? Like, I don't know. And I've talked about myself because I watched this movie. So I guess I'm better than you've been. I guess so. There's you don't have to watch it so you can be just as bad as me. I know. I saw, though. No, I, wanna, I do want to be on the same level as you. I'll watch it. Um, there's this movie called Teeth teeth then i'm not gonna explain the plot i'll explain it after <laughs> just go look on netflix or go look online for a horror movie called teeth read the synopsis but don't watch it okay it's not gory <laughs> it's just really <laughs> the premise is awkward that's all i'll say move on there's definitely if you go down the rabbit hole and this is the disturbing thing about horror movies is like they can, people can push the boundaries way too far and there's definitely been movies that exist, and I won't even give them the time of day to mention what they are. Terrifier. Well, I'm thinking worse than this. Really? Yeah. Like, like if you go down the rabbit hole of like finding out what the most disturbing movies are, just hearing the synopsis for a lot of them is just like enough to be like, oh uh, yeah, you're right. This I can terrible think of two that now. this exists. And and so I don't know what I can say, and then maybe that's where we can we can finish off the episode. What do you think the value is in watching in like hor- the horror genre in general? Like, is there value? Like, because some people would say some of the more psychological, maybe even spiritual, depending on how they're done, horror movies. You can really find a lot about humanity and like and uh, like what you're what you're pressed to do in situations when and like grave situations and stuff. And I could probably come up with a well, more well-worded way to think about this because I've heard people discuss like why there is more value in horror movies than maybe people would originally think. But in this like slasher genre, it definitely feels like if if you're a film buff, you're like, oh, this is cool that they did all these practical effects, but like all you're doing is just watching like people get killed, basically, and then somebody gets to live, which you're like satisfied that not everyone died, but what about the other people, you know? And I guess that's maybe why they added in the, like, some of the people were, like, they would do actions that weren't, like, they would have premarital sex as teenagers or, they, or whatever. That way you could be like, well, they weren't really good people, <laughs> which is kind of a BS thing because, like, everyone's bad. So, true. you can't really go based on that model. It's like, you got all these killers who are basically playing God, kind of. Yeah. But they're not really, I mean, usually they set them up, like, Jason Voorhees was, like, kill that camp when he was a child and came back from the dead so he's this kind of a revenge thing like they don't always set it up like like that or like i don't even know what freddy krueger's story is i think he's just supposed to be kind of wacky just a guy well he was just he was just a the ghost of a child killer so he was already bad when he was alive hmm. yeah i don't know i think to answer your question i think face value there's no, there's no value yeah <laughs> okay i don't i don't think you know, I think everybody can have their reason to go watch a movie, but face value, you don't really gain much from watching Saw. No, or, definitely. Uh, I, I thought Saw was very, like, 
it. No, no, it, it's psychological. It is, but that's the thing. Like, you don't actually gain anything from it besides seeing what people under hard circumstances would do, how they would freak out, how they would respond, how some people would just go crazy, how some people would yeah. But that rise one up. was more like when I was talking about somebody becoming God. Jigsaw was literally trying to do that. Yeah, he was yeah. literally trying to manipulate, control, man- control people, and then have judgment for them on Earth. Like he was putting himself in the role. No, yeah, he was definitely the judge, jury, and executioner. Where he lets them make the their other choice. killers that are more like revenge. It's like, well, this is just somebody who's crazy. Yeah, and you're just scared that this could happen. I it, think the more, the more a horror movie becomes like a psychological movie, like you said, I think somewhat it somewhat gains more value. The less gore porn or torture porn, and then the more psychological yeah, it gains agree. value. But I also think that. You know, sometimes you just gotta watch a few people die. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just trying. That sounds like a good No, I was kind of wondering whether this might be a meta way to take this, but maybe it's that we have to face our fears, and so like by watching horror movies, we prove to ourselves that we can like put ourselves through something. But it, like we know it's a safe, an actual safe experience. Like there's no that watching a horror movie. There's no like dangerous thing that's actually going to happen to i mean dangerous things could happen to us in real life but it's not going to be because we watched the horror movie and we know that so we know that even though <laughs> it's scary and even if we get desensitized to it you know it's still um but i also i also think there's this element of like they're just easy to watch they're like, shorter and they're short and it's just like candy you know it's junk food. It's like the junk food. It's of not movies. good for you, but you love it. But yeah, it's not really good for you, but it's just, it's so easy to just keep eating it. What's your favorite candy horror movie? Candy horror movie? I like, what's oh, your favorite horror movie? There's probably like a horror movie where there's like a candy What's your bar. favorite type? Gore, scary, clowns? I think this kind, this like slasher genre is becoming my favorite. Okay. Like the Evil Dead. And so that's those. your Kit Kat, huh? Yeah. Or, or what? No, you that, like Reese's? Before that... Or maybe it's even like the body horror psychological stuff, which is kind of cool, like Possessor. Okay. Um, but I, I don't, Saw was not that good of a movie, and I watched Saw too, and it's even worse of a movie. And Hostel was just like so bad. So I don't like that genre. It's just weird and gross. Let's play a game. I feel like maybe it's just like at some, you go through a phase in your life where you're like, I have to like prove that I could sit through something that's gross but then you realize like maybe that wasn't really the most beneficial thing for me like maybe i could have been learning a skill or something instead of doing that could have been learning mathematics (laughs) i could be like isaac newton by now (laughs) he didn't waste my time hey he got lucky an apple fell on him right yeah (laughs) an apple fell on him it made his brain like no really interesting just joking then he was like gravity is pulling against me Einstein just walked and he's like, whoa, the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you I think, think it's like shows about our society, like how wealthy we are, that we have to like make things that scare us? Like we can't just be scared by real life anymore. Better question. What, what, what do you think if the Amish were to come back to society and watch a movie with us and they saw a horror movie, what would they say? They would be horrified because it's so unnecessary. We've, co- we've gotten so bored with ourselves that we make these gross things and it just gets worse, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I went into, into this being like, I love horror movies that are so great, but like I just I can't come up with a compelling argument as to why they're worth your time. You know. Yeah, think about an old Amish grandma. 
walking in to watch the first Saw movie or this movie. The first Saw movie would be worse. This movie would still be bad. No, but she sees Freddy Krueger slashing open his nipple and his green organs coming out. What would she say? Would she be like, oh, this is so good. Or would she like be like, this is... The humanity is doomed. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, this is pretty much, we've gone too far. And she would, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it's unnecessary. Yeah, it is. But we, but here we are. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> Gotta watch someone die every once in a while. Yeah, I'm still going to keep watching them, even if they're unnecessary. Me too. I guess I'm going to learn about filmmaking, because all of the new filmmaking techniques come from these movies. So true. From that perspective, that's why I can rationalize it, I guess. <laughs> Well, there's Ben and I BSing our way through why we're okay watching these movies. <laughs> That's our reason. I think there's been a couple of people, but like, I don't know about some of the movies that people, that they select on the movie. Shut up. It's our, it's our podcast. Like, well, we watch them and we give our review. Uh, well, I guess you could probably tell like, well, like if you're a child, don't watch these movies. If you're a parent and you're showing these movies to your child, why? Who? Why? What is? Okay. You're be, just, a better, be a better parent than Nancy's yeah, be, parents. Be a better parent. I mean, you hear the stories, especially if you go listen to like specifically horror movie podcasts. Some of them are like, oh yeah, I've watched horror movies since I was like four. I'm like, well, what did that do to you? Like we need to do a study on the kids that that happened to. Yeah. I don't know. But you know, gore, it's a little bit addicting. Which is weird. Yeah. And specifically American culture. It's a specifically American thing that there's so much violence because it's not horror movies do have a lot of gore in them, but it it's like not just horror movies have gore and violence. Like a lot of movies that Americans consume have gore and violence. Bollywood doesn't have a lot of violence. No, there's a lot of dancing really? and I know that and singing. There might be some action, but it's not like and European movies are all like boring romance movies. What about like so, uh, Britain? Like just Britain in general? I don't think I think they're more like posh. Like, huh. although I think there were, was Hitchcock from Britain? Alfred no, Hitchcock? I don't remember. I think he probably, I think he was. Maybe. Don't mark him. You're talking about the movie Hitchcock? No. With Al- Will Smith? No, Alfred Hitchcock. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. I hate everybody. that I took that seriously. <laughs> Is there a movie called Hitchcock? I think so. Or maybe it's Hitch. There's one called Hitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably Hitch. Smith? Yeah, it's probably Hitch. I just just really was thinking about Will Smith slapping someone. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. No, you're probably right about the American thing. I just can't figure out what it, why. Civil War really damaged us, man. (laughs) (laughs) We're still feeling the impact. (laughs) Really? So many wars and propaganda for the wars, and then pretty soon. I'm telling you. Well, does it start with war movies? War movies, I mean, people can easily rationalize there being a lot of violence in war movies because they want to show, like, how awful war is. Like, there's war movies that make war cool, and then there's war movies that you're like, that was serious. I wish I, I like hope that I never have to experience something like this Going in the my draft. Life. Yeah, and and there's more of those I think now than there are of the ones that more glorify war. No, I think I think making war seem serious is a serious thing. That's true. Yeah, so people could rationalize there being ex- like true. a lot of violence if it was because of that. But then, like as soon as you do that, then people are just like. Well, we'll do it in a not as serious way, and then we get Rick and Morty, where it's just like, "Oh, we killed more people." Yeah, that's makes, animated. Yeah, that's my excuse. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a real, yeah, <laughs> the pur- the purge episode. <laughs> oh, he's like, he's just killing people for fun. He doesn't even need to at that point. Yeah, he's like, I love killing people. <laughs> 
That show is so good. It was yeah. so bad, but so good. No, it's so good. It's just good. Zach, how do you watch that? How do you watch all these things? I don't know. Maybe we're just like everyone in our society is psychopaths. But is it's not everyone because not everyone watches this stuff or watches Rick and Morty. Not the Amish grandma. The thing ever. You know, there's still people who watch the boring romance stuff. I get sick of that even more, though. Yeah, that's I'm probably so, worse for society. Yeah, like it's so unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone has a soulmate. I'm sorry if there's someone listening named Samantha right now. You, you don't have a soulmate, okay? I'm sorry, Samantha. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I'm actually not. But if we get famous one day and someone listens back and their name's Samantha, I'm you, sorry. You don't have a soulmate. Even if you're married, <laughs> it's not your soulmate. And if you're a big horror movie fan and you're like, these guys don't get it, we probably don't get it. I mean, we probably aren't saying that. We just like, you know, they're just fun to watch. I don't know. And there's no re- like rational reason why they're fun to watch. It's just, it is... It is what it is. Maybe we should just face the facts, Ben. <laughs> we just, we're just trying to deceive ourselves here. Yeah. Me, you, and Phil. <laughs> yeah, right. Phil's been here the whole time. <laughs> he doesn't talk much. No. But we said he could be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, Phil? He's nodding his head. Yeah. It's okay. He's shy. It's okay, Phil. I'm actually looking he's at like, Phil. He's like almost in tears. Poor guy. Oh, Ben, we should we should, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We should out him like that. I'll edit that out. Sorry. Now he's actually crying. Oh, Phil, come back. Phil. <laughs> now he's leaving. Oh, we ruined it. Dang. Oh, well. Well, I guess we're going to have to end it on that note. That was a horror <laughs> movie in and <it> itself. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah. I, I don't feel great after this episode, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we educated you guys, and we went through our... Uh, we did some soul searching, and we got we got some stuff to work on. So we'll come back next week as better people. Yep. <laughs> All right. Brutally honest movie vault closing in three, two, one, two, three. The vault door's yeah. gonna close. Five, six. They're really big, and they have saws on the end of them. Seven, eight. Ben and Zach are great. Wilma. I don't know. <laughs>